Butterscotch Shenanigans. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 262 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm the weed killer. I'm Sam and I'm the artist. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is June 7th, 20 Blendy. Before we get started, we have a warning. There's going to be some swears on this show. So, you know, just just take that. Yep. Take that with you and put that in your pocket. Yep. Uh, we would also like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscash.net who help support the podcast. Now, today, uh, we're going to take things in a different direction than what we normally do. Uh, we want to talk about the protests that have been happening in the U.S. Uh, we want to talk about Black Lives Matter and that movement and and just, just and the way we're thinking about do. this. Yeah, the way we're thinking about this is uh, we view our, our role as a, as a team, as a company, um, and as I guess as podcasters uh, to provide people with a positive escape from a lot of the shit that they have to to deal with. So whether it's somebody who's you know interested in you know pursuing making games and they listen to our our podcast for inspiration and motivation and tips on like managing uh, their work and their life and and just trying to like get more out of life. <clears throat> That's that's one angle to it, and and another is you know when we we make uh, games that people can form communities around and they can spend a lot of time in um, as a means of kind of kind of unwinding and and uh, and connecting with people and taking the edge off of the the bullshit that they're sometimes dealing with in life, right? Um, but there are some things that are such bullshit and that are so hard to escape from. That, uh, that you, this doesn't gotta, help, actually. This, this does not help. Uh, and can't. <laughs> uh, no amount of video games we produce can can uh, can fix this, uh, and and it's something that we need to just talk about. And uh, and it's because it's it's because we are in a position where we have we have an audience, we have people who are listening, and and and. By saying nothing, by doing nothing, we believe that that would be a, a tacit endorsement of all, all of the bad shit that's going on, and uh, we we think this matters. So mm -hmm. th that's what this episode is is going to be. This is a, a huge deviation from how we normally approach things. But uh, and if you've uh, if you're into what we do and you've listened to our podcasts and you think you like us as people, then stay here. Listen to we this whole you, episode. Don't don't skip this one until you can get back to the to the regular stuff and whatever. You, you'd be doing us a huge dis, disservice and and uh, disfavor by and and yourself and more importantly yourself. Right? <laughs> uh, but if you need somebody uh, to give you a stern looking at and a wag of the finger, like that, that is who we are. If uh, if you don't if you don't listen to this episode, yeah, um, and. and no matter where, no matter where you are at on this issue, uh, we just hope that you hear us out and and just keep an open mind uh, as we as we talk through these things. Um, so the first thing we just want to say is that uh, we, we're we're trying to do whatever it is that we can based on the resources that we have to 
to help with the Black Lives Matter movement. And right up front, that means we're going to be donating $10,000 to a combination of uh, local and national groups that are dedicated to racial equity. Um, and this, this is, uh, some, we've been, we've been working on these kinds of things in the past, but we are ramping things up just because this moment has very clearly revealed that none of us have been doing enough. Right. Um, and, uh, we're also going to be evaluating just any other things that we can do, uh, to assist in the coming years. Because the fact is like just dropping a, just dropping a chunk of cash on something and then you you can't just, yeah, you can't just like dust your hands off and be like, well, I've, I've solved it, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, no, I mean, this is, this is something, this is hundreds and hundreds of years of, of problems piled up on top of each other. And, um, you can't, it's gonna, you can't it's, solve that with a little money in a, in a week, you know, that's, no, it's um, an ongoing the, process. Right. So we're talking about systemic problems. We're talking about, uh, institutional problems and change is slow and expensive and, and takes a fuckload of, of people and willpower and energy, and and we want to be, we want to be part of, of trying to make things better. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, so right up front, we're 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 doing the easy thing, which is to just put some put some money it's the, down. Yeah, it's, it's the easy thing is actually throwing money at somebody doing the hard thing, right? Which right. Is, which is the actual work, but but it is a start, and that is the that is. Because it takes time, especially if you're new to this, to figure out like how to help and whatever. That is the thing you can just do. Requires yeah. no no extra work at all. Like you can you can sacrifice some of your some of your hard hard won cash and uh, and have somebody else help. Yeah, and where we want to get with this is essentially we're going to talk today just about uh, about our experience so far in terms of uh, our, the growth that we've experienced in learning about about the topic of race as three white dudes uh, in America. And it might get a little weird, get a little uncomfortable. We might fuck it up because we're, you know, a bunch of white dudes who've just gotten into this. But I think, uh, importantly, we talk about a lot of different things in this podcast. And I, I think that if you, as you reflect on on what we talk about, and I think you'll see that a lot of the values that we talk about generally will end up showing up in the exact same way uh, through this particular subject matter. So before we get into to basically our, our series of pro tips for, uh, for being anti-racist, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what we've actually been doing uh, for the past year and a half or two years uh, as we've sort of been coming online uh, about these issues and becoming more and more, uh, more active and involved in actually solving problems in this space. Um, and, and the reason I want to point these out is, uh, is again, not to celebrate the sort of essentially the little that we've done, but, uh, but more mainly to point out that, that this is a, this is a thing that you can do on, on a bunch of different levels and something that some of us have been participating in, uh, not necessarily in the form of, of protests and that sort of thing, but, uh, over the past, you know, year and a half or two, but in various forms. And there's a lot of different forms that, uh, that this work can take. So in our case, uh, we've been actually mentoring entrepreneurs of color locally uh, in St. Louis, and St. Louis, of course, being a you know, historical city in terms of of uh, race racial issues, uh, it's not something that we've ever been able to not think about here because it's just not that's not the table, especially with Ferguson being here a couple of years ago, um, which has been actually nice because it's it's brought the reality of the situation that everyone is in in the states uh, to a very uh, obvious obvious uh, talking point, right? We, we could all, it's, it's so apparent here uh, in St. Louis that, 
that it's something that is actually very commonly talked about. Racial equity is talked about a lot in the city. Um, yeah, and just just to frame it, you know, we're we're originally from Iowa, a small rural town of ten thousand people. Um, something like ninety nine point nine percent white, I think. Something, <laughs> yeah. something like that. I mean, it's it was it was so uh, homogenous that that we were in a position where we we got to just not even think about these kinds oh, yeah. of things, um, and, and I think that's that's the position that a lot of people are in. Uh, who are who are seeing these kinds of things for the first time and thinking like, what? Yeah. I didn't even know this was such a problem. Yeah, and, and the, um, the journey is hard. That's what we're going to get into in the sort of the latter part of this podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So we'll dig in. We'll dig into that. Yeah. So that, that's also taking the form of, in our case, taking taking a really hard look at how we even uh, recruit people for even stuff like the part time uh, remote QA or the or the QA roles that we uh, had had locally before the pandemic started, um, and that that came down to realizing that, you know, if you want to, if you want to be able to change the face of the industry, so in our case, the games industry is notoriously white, notoriously white. And Um, notoriously male. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, what we've done, a lot of the work we've done in the past uh, year has also been around changing the way that we even approach and post these uh, jobs to try to basically hold the door open for, uh, for candidates of color or women uh, and, and make sure we're posting in the right places to be able to attract that kind of talent. Um, and then beyond that, there's something we've been doing since the beginning of the studio, which is uh, our angle on community management has always been hardlined in that we do not put up with bullshit. And I mean that in terms of <laughs> LGBTQ issues. I mean that in terms of race issues. I mean that in terms of xenophobia. Um there's a reason why our, our Discord and our previous era forums were just like a really nice place for people to hang out and and stayed that way, which is that uh, we just remove people who are problematic. Um, we do. I not mean, immediately. immediately. The, the first moment somebody <laughs> says something that is clearly malicious uh, toward a group of, of people or whatever, they're just gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. No questions asked. There's no like, hey, could you please adhere to our rules? Yeah. No. Like, and you're just gone. And if it's now. not malicious, but is, you know, is, uh, is, Seems ununintentional. We yeah. they are immediately called out, and if it ever happens again, then they're gone. Yeah, um, and depending on the reaction, uh, yeah, they they depending on the reaction, be, of course. They and uh, this has been a big part for us because one is that we don't want to, as Seth said earlier, you know, part of our overall vision for the studio is to create these moments that bring people together, right? Uh, to create these experiences that bring people together and that allow people to escape. And you can't escape into something that is uh, just as horrifying as the real world occasionally is or is all the time. And so. Uh, that's been a big part of of the drive for how our studio is structured around those those community efforts. Um, well, and this this also kind of loops back to this uh, this idea of silence being a, being a tacit endorsement of something, right? Which is if you're if you are running a, a community um, like we have with our our Discord, um, if if somebody comes in and is being hostile toward entire groups of people, then those people will leave your community. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, other people who are not even in that group that it's being targeted, but who are just good people will also leave your community. And in very short order, what you end up with is if you if you don't strictly uh, enforce these kinds of things, what you end up with is just purely a community of toxic behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. And so so there is there is anything other than a hard line stance um, against these things is – is an endorsement of them. Yeah. Right? And so, so so we talk about what, what we've been doing. Again, not as Sam said, not to toot our own horn because we haven't been doing enough. Well, also, we also uh, haven't been talking about this ever. 
Yeah, but because we haven't talked about it, <laughs> no it's actually doing, so yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, is we've been quiet about it because because it's it's uncomfortable, and in some ways, actually, uh, we we always felt kind of that talking about this stuff, like on the podcast and stuff, uh, was going to be too tricky to make sure we could do it in a way that didn't uh, didn't actually cause us to go exactly against the values that we that we had, which was to make a you know a supporting and and welcoming community and have our podcast be a reflection of that. Um, and and that just probably was not what we should have been doing. We probably we should have been talking about this the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so that actually brings us into uh, to what we really want to get into today, which is which is our pro tips for being anti racist. Mm-hmm. And you may be wondering what are these what are these three white dudes doing talking about this, right? And that's. That's an important and fair question, and it's it's basically that uh, that we have been on our own journey to just be uh, better people and to be not not only not racist but also anti-racist, which we will talk about. Uh, and the journey is not it's not an it's not an easy one for white people. There's a reason that there's this concept of white fragility exists, right? And so so we actually are in a position where we can talk about our own journey in, into this, and and I think. I think that is going to make it easier for people to understand where they are and what that journey looks like and where they could be. Um, even though the fact is like we, we are new to this. We don't know what we're doing. Um, we don't suffer from all the problems that, that, uh, that communities who aren't the targets of racism suffer from. And so our experience is very, very different. We're on the, we're on the other side of it. Um, and so, so we're not talking about this from a position of, of you know deep knowledge, right? We're talking about this from an experienced position of just what this has been like for us, and and some sort of some tips to help to help any of our listeners who are just starting this journey um, to to get past some of the stuff that took us more time than we would have liked. In and retrospect, frankly, it's, it's just the same as our other stuff on the podcast. Frankly, it's, it's just like the same. You get yep. into web dev. Oh man, here's like here's some pro tips on how to do, here's yeah, how to it's do just that. The same. Um, we can't we can't remember, teach you everything. We don't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but hearing yeah, stories just, about how someone else was dumb about it uh, is occasionally very useful when you're trying to crack it. Is, into absolutely. Something. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to have some some stories we go in here too. And some of them I don't know I don't even know what they're gonna be. Some of them may make us very uncomfortable to, to report. Like who knows? Uh, but uh, but the the first question here is is why do we say anti racist versus just for just for not being racist and and the idea here is that is that not being racist is is that's a low bar, right? That's that's your bare minimum. Uh, don't actively make things worse. Um, but just stopping there is a problem because the the whole world around us is fucked, right? It's mm-hmm. it's fucked, and it's and it's the way that it that it that it treats issues of race is systemic. Um, so that just not being racist, um, which is is the idea of saying like I don't see color or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is is not only not enough; it's actually still bad because. Well, that's that, yeah. That's you just opting out. That's of you helping opting out. or exactly. Uh, which again, you only get to do because of your position yeah. in the world, yeah. right? Uh, not think, everybody gets to opt out of, of those conversations. Yes. Yeah. And so when uh, we ask the question of like, uh, you know, why would you call yourself anti-racist even versus just saying I'm not racist? I think one of the there's a couple of really interesting and, and important points here, and one is that is the concept of implicit bias, uh, which essentially. Yeah. It's just the fact that even if you claim to be as not racist as they come, uh, guess what you are? Because we live in a systemic environment, right? You live in a yeah. culture, and the reality is that the 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 messages you see every day, uh, the images you see every day, everything seeps in, 
even if you're yeah, not, you just you don't know where your implicit biases are necessarily. Yeah, and so and that, that's that's the essential like lesson one of of going down this journey yeah. is that if you feel like you're done, if you feel like you are not racist, everything is everything is fine, uh, then you are a hundred percent guaranteed to be wrong. It's the same thing we've talked about with everything else. Like if if you feel like you've learned all of all of game dev or all of web dev. It's like, the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's the Dunning-Kruger effect, uh, exactly. Is, that is absolutely not yeah, true. As soon as people learn like what it is to uh, – that, that uh, you know, for example, being racist is a thing that, that, can, that you know, exists. Uh, there are some people who learn just enough to be very confident that they are not that, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think that's, that's the warning sign is if, if that's where you are, just like on anything else in Dunning-Kruger effect, if you feel confident about, about where you are on the not being racist to – being racist to being anti-racist spectrum, mm-hmm. um, then that is the key indicator that you have a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I think uh, one other benefit, frankly, of of taking the anti-racist approach is I think one of the problems that comes with this whole idea of uh, of claiming that you are not racist is that it's very difficult to take people's feedback uh, about that particular aspect of yourself when that's the center. What I mean by that is that it's almost like uh, it's almost like saying – it's almost like the difference between saying you're smart and you're hardworking, right? So if I said, uh, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm a super smart person, then anytime someone comes at me with something that clearly suggests the opposite. That you don't uh, know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that it's actually – it becomes an, a, an identity problem, right? It, it, it's it, a personal attack on exactly. you. Exactly. It becomes uh, – it's much yeah. harder to respond to it in a way that, that uh, I think is actually useful for you as a person to grow versus if – if uh, you know, if I say I'm not the smartest cookie in the shed, uh, but uh-huh. the, the cookie shed, the cookie shed, know but um, but I, you know, I tried really, really, like I worked really hard on this. And if someone comes back and says, "Oh, here's all the problems with it," that I can see, okay, I didn't actually work hard enough on it in these ways, right? Um, right. And I think that's another uh, beneficial reason to to uh, to consider taking up the mantle in this regard, which is that it, it moves the thing from being an internal identity-based thing to being uh, essentially more of this, more of that quality of uh, you know, hard it's work. A, it's, a, uh, it, it's a mutable character trait that you have that right. you can change and work work on, right? So everybody's going to have implicit biases uh, about all kinds of things. Which means, about, which means that you're racist, by the way. Like, and it's, it, it seems like it, a charged it, thing to say. Everyone, everyone wants to shy away from it and they, and they yeah, freak like, out the moment that that term comes But again, up. it's much easier to recognize, one, that you're dumb, right? We say this all the time. You're dumb. You don't know anything. Um, so quit quit acting like you do. It's the same thing. So Yeah, and, and the fact is it is negative. It's just accept it's, it and then yeah, it, figure it, out how to fix uh, it. Yeah, and accept it not in the sense of like, this is just who I am. Deal with it, right? But in the sense that <laughs> yes. it is okay. <laughs> it, is, it is not – and it's not even that it's okay to have have like negative aspects of, of who you are, right? It's that – it's that that's just what being a, a person is. This is part of your journey through humanity, right? You're going to have bad stuff. You're, you're absolutely going to. And uh, acknowledging it is the first step to to making it not bad. And that means acknowledging that there's some negative shit going on, right? And so so by by taking the word racist and, and being afraid of it um, instead of just accepting that that's actually what you call that thing because it is bad, Right. Then that's what allows you to say, like, okay, this is actually bad. I do need to work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so, so, so this actually all kind of aligns. Well, we've got a bullet point list that we're trying to like work through. We're also just like talking, so it's it's gonna be a little it's gonna be a little mixed up. Um, but this this uh, this brings us to this to this additional point of of again, why are we talking about this? Um, 
And it's because uh, one thing that you'll see really frequently is as people start to dis- – as white people specifically start to discover that like, oh, shit, that there's some stuff I didn't know that I was participating in, right, uh, is that they reach out to black people and they ask, what can I do? What can I do They to say, help? hey, help me. This is your problem now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and this, that's exactly it. That's that what you are doing is you're making it their problem. And you'll, and you'll see over and over again, like obviously we're not going to speak for all black people and say like – Nobody wants you to do this, and so on. But the but the recurring theme, if you if you look at all all the stuff that's happening in public, is that what black people want from you is to go do your own research and figure out how you can help and leave them alone because they have a lot of shit on their plates. I don't right? know if you, uh, yeah, if you noticed. If, if maybe you noticed shit. this. Yeah. Um, and so part of what we're trying to do here is that we have been also trying to do some of this work. We've also been doing some of that research. And we didn't know where to start when we all started down our own various journeys. And and so so we're trying to we're trying to use this as an opportunity to help jumpstart some of what everybody else is up to. Um and get you on that path. And I think uh, the the two like really easy things you can do just kind of out of the gate are buy the books so you want to talk about race. And white fragility, mm-hmm. um, and this is true uh, whether whether you're uh, white or or a different race that actually suffers from more of these things. Um, both of these books will help you understand both sides of this and why it is that that is it is so hard for white people to ex- accept the fact that they are racist and then move from there and try to improve things. And I will say, having read both of these books uh, uh, some years ago. That they were very uncomfortable. <laughs> they were extremely oh, yeah. uncomfortable to read because because they made me confront a bunch of stuff that because because we all want to believe that we are good people, right? Uh, I would never in a, in, in a million years have thought that like I was a racist and therefore a bad person, right? Um, and that's actually sort of the insidious part of this problem is that you can be a good person and have really horrible internalized beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. And even if they're not even that horrible. They're still bad because they they support what is what is then collectively a really horrible system, and and so so these two books together do a really good job of helping you understand just the reality of the situation, right? That 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 this is uncomfortable and it's hard and it's and there's there's a bunch of identity stuff wrapped up wrapped up in it for yourself, um, and 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 the the question of why this is so hard to talk about. Uh, is basically what these two things address, and, and they're yeah. really, really important. So, I, thought, I mean, that was actually the most uh, the most fascinating thing for me in reading those books was was it wasn't even about specifically about uh, having a greater understanding of, for example, like the depth of the race issues systemically. It was more like someone taking apart all of those. Basically, it's, it, white fragility, almost like that. Walking through that book, it sort of like just takes apart all of the reactions that you literally are having. To reading while the book. you're reading, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it is it's incredible. It's, it's like, yep. and then and then you realize, like, oh, so the you know the reason why I was doing that was so I could get this at the end of the day, right? And so it starts pairing up this like, how does this how does this belief or this action end up serving me at the end of the day uh, as a person of privilege and sort of just stacking well, those things up? So let's fantastic. let's talk let's talk about those. So this uh, this idea of privilege, mm-hmm. which you just mentioned, and, and about the, the defensive reaction. To things, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so so I, I've had a lot of conversations uh, with with folks who who in some cases flat out deny just period that privilege is a thing that exists. Not even in the, in a racial sense, but just in a, in any sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that that, it, that uh, there would be a flat out refusal to accept the idea that some people just get benefits that other people don't have, right? 
Um, and there's a big question there, which is like, why would that be a stance that somebody would take? Yeah, because it's clearly false. Right? It's clearly wrong, right? Yeah. Like I- I- any evidence you see anywhere ever will immediately demonstrate that this is wrong. Um, and, and and it's because of uh, it's because of just the general knee jerk defense mechanism of of the implications yes. mm-hmm. to you, right? Which is uh, if if somebody says to you that you are in a privileged position, then there's a defensive stance that you can take, which is to say like what what they're getting at is that maybe you didn't work hard to get the things that you have. Or maybe somehow they're they're undermining uh, your accomplishments or your achievements and basically saying that you didn't earn the things. Or they're somehow got, just saying right? that you're bad, right? Because or just, or is just a dirty that you're word, bad, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of our one of our core studio principles is the statement, it's not about you. And that uh, that applies to this one hundred percent, which is uh, privilege is not something that you've done. Mm-hmm. Right, like, like you didn't go out and get it. It's something that that gets handed to you by the everything system. else yeah. around you. It's also system, not by, absolute, and it's also not along one dimension. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so you're you're going to sort of wherever you are uh, in in life, uh, you're going to have advantages and disadvantages in various contexts and and means. Right. And uh, when we talk about this idea of of privilege, it's that some some groups of people just inherently have a fuckload more benefits all of the time, mm-hmm. just all the time. Um, and if you find yourself in a position where, uh, like Sam was talking about it in reading in reading White Fragility and and, t- and sort of like having these defensive reactions about privilege, just remember like it's not about you. This is just a description of what the, the world system is. Like. is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and also it, it doesn't undermine what you've done. It, it does like if, if you are a, a member of a privileged group, um, and you have achieved something important or big, right. Uh, that doesn't mean that you didn't earn that thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything about it. All that it means is that had you had fewer advantages, it would have been way fucking harder mm-hmm. yeah. for you to do that thing. And you may not have uh, been able to at all. You may not have been able to, um, which again, doesn't take away from the fact that you did the thing. It's just an acknowledgement that it was a little bit easier for you than maybe it would have been for mm-hmm. a lot of other people, right? Yeah. Um, and so so it's it's important to kind of recognize if you're having that, that knee-jerk defensive reaction to people talking about systemic issues. Uh, you're having that knee-jerk reaction to defend yourself as if you're being attacked when people are just talking about the way things are. Um that that's not really not what it's about. Yeah, right? it really. Yeah. Like it's 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 not about you. And that, and that does um, take and it, a bit of time to I to get comfortable with. In the same way that in in the same way that like taking taking feedback about your behavior as it relates to race or as it relates to recognizing your own privilege and all this stuff. All these things they just they take some time to like to have a response to it that doesn't feel to have so a healthy response deeply yeah. emotionally charged yeah and yeah and 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 so i think for you know for all of our listeners like it's important to recognize that that it is it is if 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 you're just sort of starting along a line like this or even like halfway through it i mean like it it feels it is well there's no halfway through because there's no yeah, it's just constant right, cost, right? <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the midst of it um yeah right it is the case that like 
you will just naturally have these really defensive feelings come up. You're just yeah. going to have them. Yeah, like, it's 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 fine to have that, right? Mm-hmm. Because it it makes sense. It's natural. It's part of what what being a person is, right? Because you're feeling like you're you're somehow being attacked. The important thing is what you do with that, right? And mm-hmm. that you you work because I, I, I mean I'll I'll admit that when I before I started this journey, um, uh, anytime I heard I heard somebody say something about um, my white privilege or uh, anything like that, I I would immediately have that that response where I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, I, like I worked so hard for this. Right. And, uh, and again, nobody's saying you didn't, nobody's saying I did it. You know, nobody, <laughs> nobody fucking said that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what they were saying was there were things that made it easier for you. Right. Or which is true, which is just true. But my, my gut reaction to that was to, was to stop thinking, right. It was to stop thinking about like the real implication of what that means and, and what, how to think about that. And was to stop at the point where, the implication felt like I didn't deserve what I had, right? Um, and and that's that is a really. It took me years. It's literal years of bef- before I first like understood that, like understood the difference there, and stopped feeling bad whenever somebody referenced it, right? Whenever and now it's to the point where like when people say something about white privilege or white people, whatever, right? It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Like not even, there's not even a, the slightest hint of a reaction, but that took years to develop, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, for because, me, it's the, yeah, it's, it's closer to, and we've talked a lot about my, my issues with uh, my sort of growth along the line of feedback. Uh, yeah. The whole podcast, we've talked about a lot of times a podcast, how my, my previous, even like probably 10 years ago, my reaction to getting feedback, period, about something was a extremely it was just extremely difficult, like extremely emotional and very negative. Yeah. Um, well, we should, and that actually brings us to an important sort of side of this, which is that that part of part of this process and all this journey is going to be you being on. You're going to be on the Dunning Kruger curve the whole fucking time, right? So mm-hmm. you're going to fuck it up, and it's going to feel really, really uncomfortable to to step outside and take a risk, right? And try to participate and try to try to be better because at the beginning you're still going to do it in a way that's offensive right you're still going to do it in a way that doesn't acknowledge enough of the problem right mm-hmm. because you just don't know enough about it yet and and so you're going to fuck it up and then then this is where the feedback comes in right is you're going to mess something up and someone's going to call you out on it hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully that's the important thing right yeah. hopefully somebody does because that's an opportunity to learn uh, and then to do better moving forward but that is going to feel really uncomfortable and really bad, especially because so much uh, sort of uh, self-identity is tied into whether or not other people perceive you as specifically racist, right? Because mm-hmm. um, everybody knows, we, we've been taught our entire lives that racism is a bad thing, right? And being racist is a bad thing. And that's all true. So we all know that that is bad, right? But that makes it really, really hard when somebody points out that something you did is in support of racism, right? Uh in particular, if it's on accident, because you can't yep. easily separate the idea that that isn't about you, right? That doesn't mean you're the bad person, right? It means you didn't know enough yet, and this is now an opportunity to learn something. Well, and again, there's that uh, that immediate defensive response of of uh, racism is racism is bad. Racists are bad. If somebody said, and I'm a good person, so yep. if somebody said that something that I did. Or said is racist, or they're or actually saying that I'm bad, and yeah. they're saying that I'm bad, which is of course not true. Which means that they're, which means that they're clearly an idiot, yeah. right? So now, so now I'm just going to attack them in defense of myself instead of just taking the feedback and thinking, oh shit, maybe I, maybe I need to reevaluate <laughs> this yeah. thing that I just did. Um, so again, it's, it's not about you. Just 
take a, take a beat, take a step back, and just think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and this this also kind of comes along the lines of probably if you've been uh, paying attention to any of the stuff that's been going on, you've been seeing a lot of people throw throwing around this this all lives matter uh, phrase as as a as a retort to the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. um, which is a very on the face of it, it's a very strange retort because um, because all lives do matter. That's the point. Like that's mm-hmm. the point of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, that's, um, that is it's, <laughs> it is literally its whole thing, right? The- that's its whole thing, right? So so it's not a disagreement. Um, and and uh, I think the problem here is that is that. Groups, uh, I'll just specifically say, especially white people, <laughs> yeah. uh, who are very accustomed to it always being about them, uh, are suddenly seeing something that's not about them. Yeah, which and is, which it is feels, threatening. Yeah, it's threatening, and it feels like an attack. Um, yeah. But again, it's not, a, it's not, it's about, not about you. you. Uh, this and, and I, one of the probably best analogies I've seen for this is is uh, <laughs> what was it like? All all houses matter. And when one of them is on fire, we send the fire department to that one because right now that house is on fire. Mm-hmm. And it's important that we focus our attention to it because there's a big problem. But that there, doesn't right? mean we feel that any houses are less important, right? It's just that at the moment, one of them is burning down oh, yeah. and this is a big fucking problem. So let's, right? deal, so um, let's deal with that. So so again, yeah. So so if if you're if you're finding yourself having that that uh that response to see like seeing the the black lives matter uh phrase you know just take that step back and just remember like this this is not about you this is about drawing attention to the systemic problems that a, a group of people have been experiencing forever um and that it's all coming to a head and we all need to just we need to help mm-hmm. yep right like we need to help put this fire out yeah and yep. i think a, uh, a good follow-on to that is that we've talked about this internally to a degree, but it's this idea of, of practicing your own call-outs. So as a, as a, a white person, a person of privilege, um, or just anybody, uh, it is very, very uncomfortable to, uh, to try to call someone out for saying something that is, that is like racist, especially when it's like just a bit. Those are, yeah. those are the weirdest, hardest ones to get because – because you have to, you have to overcome uh, the need to essentially go with the flow and and to to allow uh, you know a social interaction to have, to go down very fluidly. And, uh, I mean, and we've all been there. It's like it's that little weird like off joke that somebody says, like talking, saying some bullshit about uh, wives, you know, blah blah blah, right? Or mm-hmm. or just some little some little comment, right? That that is in the middle of something that where that doesn't like. Why would well, that possibly? So, you just so laugh often, it off. You just laugh it's it off. So to often, move on. Uh, yeah, it's so often phrased as a joke. Yeah, which which makes it even harder to call it out because it's supposed to be something that's like lightening the mood and making people chuckle or, or some bullshit. Um, and and now you have to take the atmosphere of the conversation in the exact opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. right? yeah, like, now you have to be the need, bad guy. Right? You got to be the bad person and bring the mood down. Like, what? How come you have to be the asshole? Yeah. And we've really, all, we've clearly, all been there, right? We've all yeah. been in that exact situation, and we've all done exactly the the wrong thing, which is to laugh it off and try to move on, or even the worst thing, which is to participate in the joke, which is to just laugh. 
which is to do, no, right. as, or even to, like, to, to echo the sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and normalize it. Yeah. Um, so it's really difficult to get to a point where, uh, one is where you can react fast enough. So I know when I, uh, when I first started trying to do this, a big part of it is just like, sometimes this shit comes out and it is so stunning that yeah, you, you just weren't expecting it. Oh, you yeah. just can't even. And like, that's a, I, I don't know about any of our listeners experiencing this, but like that was my primary response. Once I was on the train of being like, okay, next time I hear some shit, like I'm going to call it out. I'm going to call it out or I'm just going to like stare at him, you know, or something. Uh, and sometimes it was just, especially when it comes out in these weird blasts, every so often I was just like, ah, like you just sort of cut off, caught off base, right? Well, well, there's a um, problem too, because like one of the natural human responses to an uncomfortable social uh, exchange is the, the, uncomfortable, nervous laugh, right? Which like, (laughs) it's just the worst thing that that's a thing that, that just comes out of you, uh, in, in one of these situations because you, you're so appalled by the thing, um, Mm -hmm. uh, and you want to call it out, but your immediate sort of just like gut reaction is to, is to have this like Mm -hmm. diffusing, uh, tension diffusing response. I think, I think one of the things to, to bring up here is the fact that like uh, I think when we talk about call outs I think a lot of people when you're envisioning this you're envisioning like a really intense response uh, to some like heroic speech or yeah, some, something like just yeah. a smackdown that is unbelievable you know and, and the reality is like it's not actually like that um, it's actually very and then, rarely and it can like be that. a lot of times because because so often the people that need to be called out are your friends they're your family right. they're your co-workers or your your boss. Your boss. They're, they're people you actually have positive, like really positive potentially relationships with or that you're dependent on in some way or whatever. And so it, it actually almost never – like the, the, the real world experience with all the negative shit that's happening is mostly in this form. It's, it's not mostly like a KKK member yelling in your face. Right? Yeah. That's, not, that's not the average uh, sort of racist experience that people have or experience witnessing it. Right? It's actually mm-hmm. almost always way more subtle than that and almost always with almost everybody around you. Yeah. And so, uh, and so getting into a position of just like straight, like it's, it's what we're talking about here is not straight up, like just, you know, interrupting a conversation and just going off on someone. Uh, and I think my, my favorite way to ease into it, um, was, was suggested by, by a good friend of mine, um, who, who said that the best way to do it is just to say, what do you mean? Um, and it's one of those things, like, honestly, if you practice it a couple of times, especially if you go, I guess there's no happy hours right now because, you know, there's also a pandemic on top of this pandemic. Happy, yeah, but but, um, but online a, happy hours, I guess. Yeah. If, if you're at a happy hour, and this is like the most common example, if you practice just a, a couple of times in the mirror before going, which is like, what do you mean? Uh, or what, you know, what do you mean by that? Um, saying that, one, it, it does a nice thing, which is it's once you can get it to be kind of reflexive, then it has a really good way of also slowing down the conversation. So it, it's not so abrupt to, uh, to like call someone out and basically it's an easy way to do what you need to do, which is to recenter the awkwardness onto the person who just delivered the awkwardness. Yeah. Uh, well, well, and it also, it, it transitions. Cause like we said, mo- most of the time this happens like in a joke, somebody mm-hmm. tells some stupid joke. Um, and by asking a question, now you've you've transitioned the conversation out of people are telling jokes mode mm-hmm. and into and into we're having a conversation now, yep. right? Um, and and also by by just saying what do you mean? Um, you haven't you haven't made a declaration at the person. You're just saying like 
like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're right? basically like, very uh, – you're, you're daring them to, to – Explain to explain, Can you explain right? this they, racial joke to me? Because I'm not getting it. So I don't, you, like, you know, I've never I don't heard of it. This is funny. Why is that funny? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and so so now so now you are no longer you're no longer quote the asshole like you you you're not the one who has sort of like uh, attacked anybody or or well and you the also mood. don't have to know the right things to say because this, this is also one of the yes. one of the hard parts of of starting this journey right is is you don't know what language to use you don't know the arguments like you see all these tired racist arguments and sexist arguments all over the place that you've seen a million times and you know like you can tell it's wrong right but you don't know how to explain how it's wrong. Um, and uh, and so instead of just you having to have all the answers somehow and able to call people out, this kind of approach or even just one where you just don't do the awkward laugh and instead just stare at the person and kind of cock your head a little bit, right? As if you're just confused. Uh, it, that gives you something that, that you can do that's that uh, that doesn't require you to already be no, well on yeah. – you know, to already know the answer be well on your way mm-hmm. um, on this journey. Yeah, and there's a uh, – Another good move is the head shake and leave. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good joke. That's a yeah, if you can, that is a particularly good. Much move, more bold. Definitely. You don't. You don't need to say anything. Yep. Just be like, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of it is removing the tacit endorsement of it is, uh, and especially yeah. if you are in a more privileged position. So if you're if you're a white person in this context, or if you're a man and you're hearing sexist jokes, right? Like that is you are in the best position and the appropriate position to, at minimum, do not tacitly endorse that shit and start working on yourself to to not. To, yeah. to not chuckle and and allow the thing to go, but but to just to embrace the fact that it's you're going to create awkwardness. Like you're, it's there's no way around that. And and the more you do it, though, then the easier it becomes. And if you find ways to do it in ways that are the least awkward for you, while being the most awkward for the person who created the problem, then that's mm-hmm. sort of your that's your your best move. Yeah. And so I think uh, you know in this regard, I want I want to talk about an experience I had with uh, with. with basically an asynchronous call out because at the time, so I just kind of, uh, not just, but I guess it was early enough into this that I had, and I hadn't had a lot of practice in terms of like, we're talking about being actively, uh, aware enough during conversation to, to sort of flip it back on the other person. Um, we were at a, an entrepreneurship event and, uh, uh, networking event. And there was this guy who just, uh, I was sort of stunned by it, to be honest, I was completely stunned. And actually, he ended up hitting most of our team. We were there demoing one of our games. And uh, I ran into him in the pizza line, of all places. And this dude was seemed perfectly cheery and nice. And then within, like, probably three or four sentences, out of nowhere, just started just, and again, real casual shit. But, like, almost every single sentence that he said, somehow. It just had to have some kind of racial... Yeah. Underpinning. And not even just yeah. racial stuff. I mean, misogynistic stuff. Like just all sorts of really weird shit. Yeah, it's just it's like rare this that is somebody a, only hits one. Sort it of, is. Yeah. And so of, somehow, somehow, it's all it's, it's all tangled all up. Yeah. So I strange how that works. Yeah. I uh, like I got kind of clammed up real quick, and then just sort of distanced myself from him, and then uh, you shuffled away as quickly as possible back to the team. And I said, "Hey, which wait. is again that is the natural like that kind of." And I, I hate to use the the word because it's going to make. Like Sam's gonna hate it, but it's true. And like I've done the same thing, right? But it's that's a that's the that's the cowardice move. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right? Which but is think, like, <laughs> which is the move, and it's the move you're gonna make. It's the move that I've made a million times. It's the move that we yeah. all make. But like, I think usually a, we yeah. either we either sit or, we stay there and we chuckle, or we run away. Yeah. Like those are the two yeah. moves. And I think there's make. an interesting note there, which is that uh, it's hard to be brave when you don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do, right? Exactly. And yep. so yeah, so in my case, I was just like ah, and ran away, and then I. 
talk to the team. And I was like, hey, everybody, just so you know, do not talk to that guy because – Good God! It is. It is. He is a raging dumpster fire of strange <laughs> right. hatred and. Uh, which is actually, which all that does is protects us from discomfort, right? Because right. because as being a part of a, a, an intersection of a whole bunch of privileged groups, like it doesn't it doesn't hurt us any, mm-hmm. right? It just makes us really uncomfortable because we know that it's bad. Right. So now, over the course so, of the evening, though, this dude did uh, end up passing by two more of our team members, uh, both of whom happened to be not white. Mm-hmm. And he was still turned all the way up to 11. So this guy wasn't even like doing the, you know, like the quote unquote locker room talk equivalent where he thought we were on the same page, uh, which was f- further shocking. Um, and so it didn't matter who he was talking to. Yeah. He was he was on. He was just going. Time. So I think yeah. one thing that was fascinating for me was that I think when it was just hitting me, I had much less of a, a impulse also to do anything sort of after the fact about it. But as soon as it hit my people, uh, then it like something inside me changed about it. And so I sent a note to the organizers and I just listed the like five or six sentences uh, that, that it was also hilarious because like Sam Sam had described his experience with this guy and then sure described his experience. And then I think Sam had also had experience too, didn't she? Uh, And and so everybody had to kind of describe them to each other a little bit. And then, and then when Sam sat down to kind of compose this email, just to like detail it out and the end of the list kept on growing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. He also said this and I was like, yeah, yeah. What? (laughs) It felt like we were writing an onion article or something. It felt like a South Park episode. I was like, is this real? This is so fucked. And so, yeah. And then, you know, and this was this was like a total of like six minutes. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, there was not a conversation happening here. This is these were yeah. bits and bobs. And so, you know, you know, we sent this note off to uh, to the you know the group that puts these things together, and um, and then ended up getting the guy totally kicked out uh, permanently. And the horrifying thing though about all this, uh, he had been there one hundred and three times. Yeah. 103. Yeah. And apparently you, – you, you have a little badge that shows how many events mm-hmm. you've – how many times you've been to the event and, or whatever. Uh, and when, when I – And we were all strangers to him, right? Yes. We had and, never met him before. Yeah, never met him <laughs> and and we – and he then saw members of our team with uh, different – both different uh, genders and races, right? And within minutes of talking to each one was already doing this shit, yeah. which means guaranteed that every single fucking person he has talked to – in that group for 103 visits, right, has basically had the same experience with yeah. this guy. And in fact, that was confirmed. So once once I had brought it up um, and their team had talked about it and then, and then had asked a few other people uh, if this was super common or if this dude was like turbo drunk or like what the situation was for him to be so ridiculous, uh, they realized that, that this was one of those people that everybody actually knew about. Yeah, all the people of color who come to the event who have met this guy are like, yeah, do not just stay the fuck away from him. And, a lot, and the question always comes up, which is like, who's not coming back? Because that yeah, fucking this, probably this, most is, this is why I tell the story because the story here is about like it's about our you know initial cowardice when we could have done something, followed by actually doing something, followed by the realization that nobody had done anything uh, for a really really long time, and and that the consequence of that was guaranteed to be. That there were a whole bunch of women and people of color who were no longer attending those events because of this guy. And so we – so basically people allowed the awkwardness of the conversation or the the discomfort with calling this guy out and kicking him out. They allowed that to outweigh the fact that he was causing other people to not participate. And so that's the sort of like – that's the global lesson here, right? Mm-hmm. Which is when you don't call people out when you can, uh, the, the – 
the consequence is is this in the long term. And also, again, your job as a as a person of privilege in this context, yep. right? Because uh, it's also the case that that uh, typically when you're coming from a, a minority group, you're not necessarily feeling like you're in the position of power to do something like get one of these people kicked out. Yeah, and you most know? of what you've been doing your entire life is is playing along to get along, yeah. right? And so uh, being able to to recognize that that's kind of – whether you want it to be your responsibility or not is is not super relevant. Uh, kind yeah, of it's not something you job. want. It's – yeah, it's, yeah, it's just fine. something it's, you – It's fine to yeah. be like I don't – you know, I don't want to have to And it's fine this. to feel like this sure. is an unfair burden thrust upon you and so on. But like – but th- that burden on you is far lesser than the burdens on everybody else who's actually, who's actually dealing with the with the effects of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so th- I think that's uh, – th- there's the core things we wanted to get at um, sort of talking about our own experience in terms of of that that becoming anti-racist is a, is a journey. There's no – and there is no destination. Um, being – just being not racist is not enough, right? And and we want to just talk openly about how this is this is not easy and it's, and it's really uncomfortable. And, and if you are a white person trying to help, it's going to be uncomfortable and hard for you. It's just going to be. Mm-hmm. And and there's no way around that. Just like there's no way around oh, any new thing is always going to be hard, especially when there's a lot of uh, emotionally charged aspects to it. Um, but that doesn't take away the the need for you to actually do something. Um, and uh, and you just have to learn in the same way you've had for everything else that you've ever done how to how to take feedback, how to grow, and uh, and how to go on that journey. Um, and we just we just wanted to give you some perspective on what it's been like for us to, to make sure it's really crystal clear that no this is not easy <laughs> this is very mm-hmm. very hard and and we're all some distance down this journey and we were all in a worse spot in the in the past right we were all doing a worse job of this um, and so that no matter where you are in this journey now there's more to be done and it's okay that you're not as far as you as you need to be um, the important thing is that you that you start down that path. Yeah, so here's a few of the things that uh, we wanted to point out as far as stuff that you can do going forward. Um, the first one, the first big one is to – if you're in charge of a, a community, if you are a uh, – if you're another dev who is is running a, a Discord or anything like that, do not, do not uh, let your let your community turn into the Mose Isley spaceport, a hive of scum and villainy for – Nonsense. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I, w- I want to point out um, there was a, a big announcement on on Reddit, sort of along this lines, where uh, they had said, "Hey, we're going to be changing our we're going to be changing our our uh, stance on like how we deal with uh, hate speech and stuff like that." And then they never actually detailed any specific policies or rule changes that they yep. were going to do, and they were immediately called out uh, because. Because online uh, platforms like Reddit and Facebook and, and stuff like that have historically opted out of having any responsibility toward these kinds of things. Um, and as a result, they have become the go-to place for people who are seeking to validate their terrible viewpoints, right? And so so again, it's it's just that if if you believe that you get to both run a community – and opt out of the conversation, um, you're just wrong. Yeah. Right. Like by, by opting out, you are opting in to being <laughs> an active and actively bad part of this, <laughs> of this whole thing. 
So, uh, yeah. And the next step is to read those books uh, and self-reflect. And again, that's yeah. not all of the books. That's just sort of – Yeah, that's that's just a really good place to start. Really good really good way to get started. Um, yeah, and, and again, we're, the, these tips are, are specifically for white people getting started on this journey. Um, so we know not all of our listeners are white, but we're pretty confident that a substantial – Fraction of the market because industry, this is the games industry, and we are also three white dudes who are running this podcast. Um, it is the case of it, like like you said, Adam. Um, it it is it is very it it would be probably pretty interesting for just about anybody yeah. uh, to read these books to see both both sides of it. Yeah, definitely. So, which which isn't to say like only read these books if you're white. No, it's, definitely uh, not. It's just definitely read them if you're white. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's exactly right. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, <laughs> yeah, follow, find, and amplify uh, black creatives. So whether they're in game dev or art, like if you if you uh, so for example, like I follow a bunch of artists on Instagram. Um, you know, you could take a beat and say, how do I follow any? Black artists on Instagram? Uh, any like Asian American artists on Instagram? Do I could do do I have an and There's no reason to stop there. Do I follow women? Right? Yeah. Like um, just the whole thing. So I think it's a broaden it's a, your horizons. Yeah, broaden your horizons a little bit. Um and then amplify those voices where you can. Well it's part of too is part of what you're missing out on by not doing that is is that you just become you just stay unaware of just how hard it is for for other yeah. people. Yeah. Um, if you're not seeing what they're saying. And actually, this is one of the interesting things. Like, I normally don't look at Twitter at all, but for the past you know week and a half, I've been glued to it, watching all the things that are happening, mm-hmm. which has just been fascinating. You know, it's pe- people telling all of their stories, and it's people uh, helping helping discover each other. And and so, and you'll see the, these things. Like we well, like we said earlier, like don't don't make your your attempts to solve this problem the problem of black people or women or or other groups, right? Uh, this is your problem. So just own it and, and do the work. Um, and you'll see here and there people. Basically, ask. It's basically just publicly saying, "Hey, if you're a black person, please apply now to my company now, right?" And it's like that's not that's not actually the move. Um, versus other groups who have now assembled these like giant lists of like black creatives and like links to all their work and that kind of stuff, so you can actually now find this stuff and find mm-hmm. these find uh, people doing the work, <laughs> right? Yeah. So then uh, along those lines, it's basically this idea of, of the hiring process. So uh, in particular with the Black Lives Matter movement, we're talking about hiring, of course, black creatives, but also just when you think about hiring or or about uh, getting a new contract or whatever else, you also just need to think about how you're approaching the hiring practice. And this is one of those weird things, again, where not being quite aware of how all these systems have shaped everything uh, becomes problematic. So so where do you go to post your job listing, for example? Um Seems like a simple thing, but once you start viewing it through this lens, you can say, "Okay, like clearly, we're not even we're not even putting this job in a place uh, where it's common, or through a network, a peer network, for example, of people who um, where it's, where it would be common for someone who is of a diverse background of any sort to actually be able to apply." Uh, and a lot of the part problem with this is that uh, you know, like tends to tick, tends to stick with like, and so if you have a even a professional network via LinkedIn or something like that. Uh, where you're, say, you're posting the job on there, um, you need to ask the question of if you're actually hitting a broad enough and diverse enough uh, group of people. Yep. And that's one of the easiest things to do, to be honest. Like, that is not a different. And even easier activity. than that is our last what you can do, which is just donate money to something that is already involved with this process because you don't know jack shit about how to, how to help solve this problem. But there are people who have been working on this for – this has been, a, this has been <laughs> a problem for hundreds of years. Like, mm-hmm. or, or the, their collection of problems have existed for hundreds of years uh, and, of course, before that too. So there, there are people and organizations that have been around forever that know what they're doing, that are, that are, that are doing the work. And what they need is just enough – to sustain their efforts, they just they need they need money, right? They need money, or they or they need time, or they need whatever. But 
But the point here is that you don't have to know the solutions to these problems because the, the concept of money exists, right? And so, so you can you can give that to entities that that do know what they're doing. Um, and so, that is by far the easiest thing you can do, and something that you absolutely should do. Yep. And most importantly, yeah, and it it doesn't have to break your bank. Yeah, it either. doesn't have to be like, a just because because this is this is a collective problem, right? So yeah, if you look uh, at uh, if you look at some of the efforts that have gone underway, like itch.io has this bundle that people have been that was an open bundle that just is like you can pay five bucks or more, right? And indies have been dumping their games. It has like seven hundred games in an hour, some wild number. They thought they were gonna raise like twenty thousand dollars. They're they were over a million the last time I looked over like eight <laughs> hours, right? Yeah. And so this like, is from people go- donating on the order of like one you know, three bucks or something. Five bucks here and there for most yep. people, and then a handful of people donating lots of money. And like, yeah, I mean, every little bit helps. And so it doesn't have to be your your life savings, you know, right? But but something. It could be 10 bucks, five bucks. Yeah, something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something, you know, because yeah. if everybody uh, chips in, then it, it really adds up. Yeah, so. really the point there is, is again, to to be actively involved. That's, yeah. that's what everyone's asking for. Uh, and so I think. Don't do nothing. Of, yeah, it's just don't do nothing. Do something. And so to wrap all this up, I think, you know, if, if you're a regular listener and, and something about this whole episode bugs you, um, I would highly recommend just pause for a little bit and listen back to any of our previous episodes because the reality is that all the stuff that we always talk about is wrapped up in this same sort of uh, approach. It just happens to be applying it to a systemic problem of our time and of our civilization uh instead of two games <laughs> specifically yeah i mean look at our look at our studio principles you know it's all there right the uh, like be humble try to improve all the time always know why it's not about you like these things are listed <laughs> in in the documents that we mm-hmm. adhere to as a, they apply as to your a, role in society the same way they apply to you trying to run a business or just be a person and so on mm-hmm. right and there's also a reason why you know why so many of our uh, podcast listeners come in and they tell us like, hey, it's been really inspirational hearing the way you guys talk about approaching life and motivation and all these things. And it's and it's because like, yeah, our job is making video games, but also we are people, you know, who live surprise in the, who live in the in, in the same society as everybody else does. And and uh, and the lessons that we learn in one area um, can help us everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the thing the things that we've learned as far as growing a business and making games and trying to learn and trying to to improve ourselves and become better people um you know they they apply everywhere and this is just us uh, continuing to apply the things that we believe in to all contexts mm-hmm. right it's yep. just what this is yeah, absolutely so um, i think the one thing that we didn't have on the list of what you can do is uh, is research in the sense of look stuff up because there there are so many just uh, there's so many quote unquote you know facts that that get thrown around when people start to be angry about what's happening, um, whether it's the things about all lives matter or whether it's like certain statistics um, to try to uh, frame this as like a, a problem that's not related to something systemic and so on. Um, just know that for every single one of those that you see, there is somewhere a fabulous takedown of what that, what that thing <laughs> claims, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some that were so amazing and so like carefully, carefully considered and researched that, it, that it, I was just, I was beside myself with, with being impressed and with glee about like somebody just illustrating exactly why some ideas are wrong. So just know that you have, you have a lot of ideas. You're going to be hearing a lot of stuff, um, that is just, that is just flat out wrong. And if, if what you're doing is looking for confirmation of those things, um, 
uh, or not looking into it at all, then you're going to continue to perpetuate all of these problems. Um, and in particular, perpetuate the problems in your own brain of believing those things. So, so just read stuff, mm-hmm. read stuff, try to, try to be better. Search the uh, opposite. Do, if, if you see some claim, just do a Google search for why is blah, 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 not true, right? And, and see, try to find the good arguments on the other side to see, to see the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Someone's done the work. Someone has always done the work. Yeah. And, uh, and just remember, it's, you're, you're going you're gonna to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to confront some bad ideas that you have. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're trying to be better. Um, mm-hmm. the reason that you're uncomfortable is because you're, you're doing the right thing because you're trying to improve. Right. Yep. Um, so, uh, that's, that's all we're going to, we're going to leave it there. We're not going to take any questions this week. Um, next week we'll be back up, back to our usual, uh, you know, dumb jokes and talking about video games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but this is something that, uh, we believe in and we feel like, just we needed to take the time to do it. So, yeah, so for all you uh, who listened all the way through, um, thank you for, for actually letting us depart from this and talk about something that is really, really important uh, and, and then listening to what we had to say. Um, uh, it's, there's a good chance we fucked something up in our discussion about it. Um, and so we Call would, us out. Call us out. We would love, we would love to hear about yeah. how we fucked up so we can make sure we'll we talk about it next again. time. Um, yeah. And that's all to say. That's not – it's not your responsibility because you know we sh- we should have already had done the research, but of course we're gonna fuck it up. So 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 please do. Call People us make mistakes. Uh, Our hearts are the right place. We want to do better. We want to be better. Please let us know. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Yep. Yes. We'll see you uh, next week. Right. Until then, get out there and do something good. Do something. Yes. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.